0: Section three of Birds and Nature, Volume Eleven, Number Four, April 1902, recorded for LibriVox. by Tavarish. The Black-chinned Hummingbird, Trochilus alexandri. To the ornithologist, who may be so fortunate as to visit Southern California in the spring, when nature has put on her holiday attire. AND EVERYTHING APPEARS AT ITS BEST, OUR FRIENDS, THE FEATHERED MIDGETS, WILL CONTRIBUTE NOT A LITTLE TO THE PLEASURE OF HIS STAY. BENJAMIN T. Gold. THE BLACK-CHINNED HUMMINGBIRD HAS A LONG AND NARROW RANGE, EXTENDING ALONG THE PACIFIC COAST FROM SOUTHERN BRITISH COLUMBIA, SOUTHWARD INTO SOUTHERN MEXICO, WHERE IT PASSES THE WINTER. Eastward, its range extends to western Montana, western Colorado, New Mexico, and western Texas. In some portions of this range it is very abundant, while in others that are apparently as well suited to its habits, it is rare or never seen at all. This hummingbird, which also bears the name purple-throated and Alexander's hummingbird, is very similar in its habits to our eastern ruby throat even in its call notes and antics while wooing its mate it is almost a counterpart of the eastern species next to the anna's hummingbird the black chinned is the most conspicuous of all the hummingbirds that frequent southern california at twilight it is a frequent visitor to the orange groves and later, as night approaches, it retires to the mountain sides, where, with numerous individuals of its own kind and other birds, it finds a resting place through the dark hours. Mr. B.T. Gold has related an interesting anecdote that occurred in his experience with hummingbirds. He once found a nest of the black-chinned species in which there were eggs nearly ready to hatch. Wishing the nest, which was an exceedingly fine one, he cut the branch only to find the eggs of no value as specimens. Finally, finding a nest in which there were two fresh eggs, he took them and substituted the two older ones. The female bird watched this action from a nearby branch. Returning a few days later, he was surprised to find two little naked worm-like bodies in the nest. Naturally satisfied and pleased over the result of his experiment, he says, "'The old bird seemed pleased too, as she watched me from a neighboring branch, while arranging her feathers, evidently wondering why I should take such a deep interest in her treasures.' And well she might be pleased, for incubation had been robbed of all its tediousness, in this case, and the pair acting on this assumption undoubtedly hatched another brood, but not in such haste, I venture to say. The nests are delicate affairs, and in many cases resemble small sponges, readily assuming their normal form, if the edges are pressed together. The inner cup is seldom more than one inch in diameter. The walls are usually composed of the down of willows. This is firmly woven by an unsparing use of spiderweb. Usually a few small leaves and scales of willow buds are attached to the outer face evidently to give it stability. It has been stated that hummingbirds invariably lay but two eggs in each set. The female black-chinned hummingbird seems to be at least one of the exceptions that prove the rule. Major Bendire says that nests of this species now and then contain three eggs, all evidently laid by the same female, and such instances do not appear to be especially rare. The black-chinned hummingbird is like all the other birds of its kind, always inquisitive, never afraid to combat a foe, and always active, the lines of Jones very are especially applicable to its character. Like thoughts that flitted across the mind, leaving no lasting trace behind, the hummingbird darts to and fro, comes, vanishes before we know. End of section 3. This recording is in the public domain.